This is the roundtable for Monday, September 7, 2015. It is 9.03 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, and we're live on Blab. I'm Mike Savella from Salem, Ohio. And Drew. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Drew Griffin here just outside of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Good evening, everyone. My name's Sean Dent, uh, broadcasting from Erie, Pennsylvania. And this is a show where we talk about topics we love, technology and medicine. We'll be talking about the upcoming uh, I-6 event, I-6S event. Uh, we'll be talking about an interesting story from Drew with uh, cancer treatment uh, that may surprise you. And we'll also be talking about a, a, a the next generation of a very popular nursing block carnival. But before that, happy Labor Day uh, holiday, guys. How's it, how's it going tonight? I- I don't know about you, Drew, but I tried to do as little as possible today. Yeah, I recovered from a pig roast that uh, occurred yesterday. So it was my first pig roast, and uh, it was a good time today. Just hang, hung out with uh, the kids at the pool and uh, prepping for this exciting blab session with you two fine gentlemen. <laughs> well, if people saw me, you know. I was, was going to say, yeah, I saw someone riding a bike and drinking oh, beer. Uh, bike, bike, uh, bike riding there from Facebook friends. Hey, they saw that. And uh, I admit I will be uh, very distracted during the show because uh, I'm watching the Ohio State game right now. But, uh, but I do this for you people out there because I'm <laughs> – that's why. That's why. Um, <laughs> So let's, uh, let's 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 jump into things here, and uh, let me see if I can uh, if I can change the the topic on this. This is a new show here, kids, and we're uh, we're we're trying to do some different things here. So let's see, try to do that. So so our first story tonight, uh, we're talking about the uh, uh, the upcoming Apple event uh, in two days, which will be on September 9, twenty fifteen. And uh, I'm going to post this link in the uh, in the chat room here. This is from uh, this is from The Verge. If people have opinions about the uh, Apple event, um, and uh, you know we're all kind of you know uh, curious about this, you know, and and you know guys, and let, let, let me tell you, you know, I, I I'm up on my contract coming up in a few months, oh, wow. and uh, I, I'm looking at this new uh, this new iPhone six. Uh, actually, I'm looking at the 6s. You know this uh, this huge type of uh, of phone. Uh, let me read some stuff here from uh, from The Verge. Um, uh, it's a new processor and blah 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 blah. There's a new camera system which I'm very excited about. And yeah, you know, and you guys have an opinion on this like this force touch thing on your phone? You know where you like touch the thing and then you can go deeper on it and. And I don't know, the, the, the new MacBook has has some of this force touch stuff. You guys have any opinion of that? I don't, I don't have you, you first, Drew, because this was the first time I've read of this. Well, yeah, I guess with any uh, level of technology, um, I, I think just from the force touch, um, you know, personally, I'm into Star Wars. So anything that has the word force, force. is going to be cool for me. Um, Touche. But. Yeah, nonetheless, I think just the way that we're engaging with technology, just with the Apple Watch as it is right now, where they're tapping into, no pun intended, they're tapping into a lot of our other senses, the feel, the touch, et cetera. So our communication with one another, albeit you know, audio and visual, is now bridging that gap between touch. And whether it's 
a value or not, I think there's something intriguing about it to start to tap into some of those other senses. So I know the one big thing about the watch is you can have that taptic, uh, I guess that's what they call it, a taptic touch where you can send someone kind of like a Morse code type of deal, uh, but they actually feel it on their wrist. They'll feel it on their watch. Um, I don't think that this is entirely new. Um, no, I, when Now that I understand what you're talking about, no, this isn't new. It's, it's not entirely new, uh, but go ahead, Sean, go ahead, jump in. I'm almost positive that when Verizon first acquired, or when, when the iPhone was first being sold on, or right before Verizon was able to sell iPhones, Verizon came out with a very rudimentary um, touch phone, and it clicked, but it actually vibrated when you touched it to give feedback to say that, you know, you've hit that menu or gone into the next menu. It actually gave you vibration feedback, and... It was horrible, but, you know, it was the cool thing back then. And I, I'm going to say that was almost 10 years ago. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And, and, and for some of this, we, we may all suffer from that phantom texting syndrome. You know, that buzz that you Whoa. think that you received a text message oh, no. inside your, <laughs> Something else. yeah, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it, it's, it's kind of weird. Like, I don't know if it's a um, third sense or sixth sense or, taptic sense of some sort you either anticipate that you received a text message um, or a status update or something like that we're we're so in tune with uh, i just got a, a direct message on twitter or someone just pinged me from uh, facebook messenger or something like that this is might might be the next evolution of that where different types of sensations different rhythms different uh, vibration sensations are going to be sending certain signals to us and um, I don't know. I don't know. That might be just the evolution. I'm, I'm curious to see how they're actually going to pull that through on the phone and, uh, you know, what that's going to be like. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I, I have a watch, you know, I have the Apple Watch, which tells great time. Let me tell you guys, uh, you know, if that, that, that's the headline. Uh, but I'm waiting for the for the watch OS update, which is, I think it's going to come out next month. Uh, so I'm looking to get a new iPhone, and I, I've been at the best. Yeah, Mike, I hate to interrupt you, but what, what version of the iPhone do you have now? I have a, a 5S. Okay. So, yeah. so not that far behind. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was going to get the 6 uh, last year, but I was still on contract, so so I have to wait till my contract's up. Uh, and I was at Best Buy recently and, and to, to check out the new MacBooks, which have the new Force Touch type of thingy. Uh, I mean, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting to see how the programmers are going to build towards this. Uh, and of course, you know, with all of us, we're kind of interested, you know, what, what's, what's going to be the medical angle on this? Uh, what, what are they going to build uh, for that? Of course, you know, the first people are going to be exploring that are probably the gamers. Um, and it'll be interesting to see if there's going to be a presentation. There'll probably be some kind of presentation that uh, on that on Wednesday uh, about that. Um, but another another thing that that's been rumored to to uh, to come out is is the, this next little Apple TV box, uh, which I which you I've been waiting for 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 a long time. I don't use Apple TV a lot. Um, I have a lot of friends that do. Um, and it'll be interesting to see stuff that I've been reading um, on that. Uh, I should be more prepared to talk about it. Um, so there's there's some hardware upgrades uh, on that, uh, and I guess uh, just just the last past Apple events, Apple uh, everybody's been waiting for these content deals from 
the uh, television and movies, which aren't really coming through yet, but they are going to going to uh, release the hardware, which will people kind of play with. So I don't know if you guys have an Apple TV or have thoughts on kind of what another one of these announcements that are coming on in a couple of days. I, I unfortunately have never had it other than, you know, we use Apple TV for broadcasting purposes at the gym that I coach at, but I don't have any personal experience with Apple TV, though, although it looks pretty darn slick and easy. Uh, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy I, I don't have it personally myself, but I've used it in various uh, um, various situations and different environments. Um, but I, I can say that I'm very intrigued by the ability to broadcast and what uh, it's the term that I've been using recently, not only about Blab, but Apple now gives the average podcaster or content creator broadcast capability. Um, when they started to announce that iTunes and Stitcher and, and the, the things of that nature were going to be in vehicles, um, and now they're going to be available on pretty much every television device that's out there that, that leverages Apple, that's extraordinary reach. Not, now, not only are you on these devices, not only are you on laptops and desktops, but now you're in cars and now you're on almost every TV that's out there. Um, extraordinary, extraordinary opportunity for content creation the content creators, whether you're in medical or, or whatever, if you, want to reach people never before have you has the as an individual had broadcast capability and uh the reach that people have today there's no more excuses as long as you have you know basic technology information and i'm calling a macbook pro um you know a laptop of some sort the ability to get your content onto almost every visual device that's out there um it's unprecedented now Drew, you, you build apps um is is the is the the structure when you build for like an iphone is it the same language that that you build for like an apple tv app i don't know anything about that uh there there are some similarities there's a little bit of different language involved um but yeah there's there's the ability to do that from a content perspective you're not talking about some major visual uh an objective c type of of uh of language uh, but some of the content-based applications fairly seamless between uh, the different devices. Uh, the gaming apps that will be available on, on these platforms will still require that level of uh, programming knowledge. Uh, but the ability to leverage a programmer and get that content out there is extraordinary. Um, back to the Apple Watch, um, I just started to develop a, an app for, uh, for Apple Watch. And it's very similar language that's out there. Um, one is a, is a, is a medical-based application. Another one is just a sports-based uh, application um, for, uh, for soccer referees. And that's, you know, that's what they do. They, they, they tell time and, and uh, they keep score. So very, very basic application, but there's hundreds and thousands of, of uh, referees out there. So you get the idea that... You know, you're just, it's just about distribution. Uh, and, and another announcement that's, that's going to come up uh, is the new operating system, uh, the next iOS, uh, the next uh, OS X. Uh, Drew, I'll go to you first. I mean, it's, uh, have you been 
um, like on the betas at all for the iOS? Or do you have any experience with that? Are you allowed to tell, talk about that at all if you were? Or <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. This is this has been out there uh, for for quite some time, and and it's fairly public knowledge that the one major major thing that's exciting for app developers um, is the the ability for deep linking. Um, you know, apps talking to one another and the content within those applications being found by mobile search is extraordinary. Um, the other day I was testing for podcasting. My, my flagship <laughs> application is Podcasting Magazine, and I simply typed in, I started to type in the word podcast through, uh, through Spotlight and search. And the very first thing that popped up, now this is a cleared cached device very cool when my magazine application is coming up number one when someone is searching for a podcast podcasting at all now there's thousands and thousands hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there why is my application coming up number one that's pretty exciting now apple news is going to be a new application that comes out it's very similar to flipboard if, if your viewers if the viewers are familiar with that application um, relevant content, people want information that's fresh and relevant. If that content is being pulled in and referenced into that application, into Apple's news app, just imagine the exposure that people can have around their stories, whether it's a medical-based application, a news story of some sort about a local Ohio sports team that may or may not be winning tonight. Um, it, it's, it's limitless. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's limitless. Um, but the opportunity is, is very, very exciting for um, app developers who may or may not have some prominence with their applications. Now they might have the opportunity for apps to talk to one another and be discoverable. So very, very exciting news. Uh, yeah, I mean, Sean, I mean, it's, I mean, Drew knows more about this than we do. I mean, like, oh, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. Just, uh, I'm just excited just to kind of update my phone and checking out this all this new. Well, I hear the, the camera is supposed to be uh, souped up a bit, too. So for people like me, that's nice. Um, you know, I, I can't say that I follow you. I don't usually follow the release, the releases. I usually wait till the, the post notes to get all the highlights. Unlike Mike, who likes to watch them. I know he does. I like um, watching everything break on my phone. So it's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> but I mean, I probably will be one of the first ones to buy the next, the next update. You know, I always have been. I have that deal on Verizon where I can get it for like either free or half off. I can't remember what it was, but usually every six months I got a new phone. So I'm an early adopter. Always have been. <laughs> yeah, Chris, Chris uh, I encourage everybody in the chat room to chat in. Uh, Chris is uh, saying he's a former iPhone user looking to see if there's anything to pull back from Android. Come back from Android. Come back. Oh, Come I'm back. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have personally owned every phone out there, and the iPhone to this day is still the best phone out there. It is so user-friendly, so easy, and the applications, and I mean, come on, some of the apps that are out, the mobile apps that are out there are only usually released on iPhone first or at least on iOS for months before you actually get it on an Android or, I mean, do they even have Windows phones out there anymore? So... Oh yeah. yeah. I guess we could go into, you know, a lot of, a lot of debate over the different platforms. Um, I actually developed for Android as well. Um, but here's, here's my, 
thing on that. Um, you know, Android is a, is a, is a great platform as well. Um, however, when it comes to revenue, uh, it is overwhelmingly overwhelmingly uh, evident that the revenue for app developers is on iOS. Uh, Android apps, I mean, I've had apps out there that were cross-platform capable and 99% of the revenue from that app came from iOS. So whether iOS users are just, you know, willing to hand over their money compared to Android developers, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to say that. whether they're more um, affluent and just willing to, to uh, in, invest in, in some of the, the infrastructure. Um, I know that one of the major takebacks from Android is security and it's just a, not a stable platform. There's been a lot of hacking. I know there's recent stories about the jailbroken iOS devices that 250,000 people, you know, have, you know, been breached. All right. But, just there's what 7.2 billion people on the planet 8.2 billion mobile devices out there and we're talking about 250,000 compared to several million people that are being hacked on android devices i don't know about you if your website has ever been hacked it's a pain in the ass it's real pain in the Mm -hmm. ass i just prefer stability and whether or not apple's closed platform um just you know, pushes people off. I prefer to have my stuff nice and safe and secure. Yep. I would agree. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's a, uh, Chris is loving his Nexus five. I, yeah, I, I've seen the Nexus five. It's, 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 it's a cool little phone there, you know? Yep. Um, so yeah, windows phone. What's up? What's that? That's, that's yeah. See, that's yeah. Good. We mm-hmm. love, we love your chatting in the chat. <clears> so, uh, oh, wow, <laughs> we have 12 people in here now. Wow. I was going to tell you, I think we broke a record here. That we broke a record first. Now nobody don't leave. No, we're, we're yeah, 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 yeah. Even, even if, <laughs> even though my blab was hijacked from a very popular person, yeah. You know, so I, I think you beat that already. So. Uh, so more, more rumors. You know, there, you know, this, you know, people and this iPad, this rumored iPad Pro that uh, people are talking about. I, I got to be honest with you guys. You know, I, I, I bought the iPad one. I bought the iPad two. Uh, for me, from a workflow standpoint, it really hasn't. Uh, I really haven't found a, a place for it in my workflow. I'm going to get the big, uh, you know, plus uh, iPhone uh, you know, S6 Plus, and that's going to be my iPad. So, and there's been, you know, there's numbers out there that iPad numbers are kind of dropping uh, because of this trend for bigger phones. Um, but yeah, for me, an iPad is, you know, and I have my, uh, I have my, uh, you know. Mac Air. I'm gonna I'm gonna have my Plus phone, and that's all I'm that's all I'm gonna do. So, I, 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 how do you guys feel about the, about the new iPad, the pending possible iPad Pro announcement? Well, I own an iPad Two. I think I own an iPad Two, and I don't use it as much as I ever thought I would. I honestly use it as like a portable music device now. Like when I. I can plug my device into the stereo system at, at the gym that I that coach at. And I can use that, you know, to stream Pandora, Spotify, take your pick. But I very rarely use my iPad for anything else. It's either my phone, my desktop, or I have a, um, a MacBook Air that I use for everything else. So I don't know about you, Drew. It's, you obviously must uh, use it a little bit more. 
Yeah, I do. I mean, I, I use it for various capacities. I mean, I think for media consumption, I think it's a fantastic device. Um, I personally develop for it specifically for interactive magazines like podcasting magazine. Um, it has articles, it has videos, it has audio that plays inside there. It's a much richer um, experience to to read a magazine and uh, consume media like um you know, just videos from Netflix and that stuff on the go. Personally, I prefer taking my iPad mini to conferences with a, you know, with a keyboard, either a wireless keyboard or attachable keyboard without having to lug around, um, you know, a MacBook Pro or a laptop or something like that. It's just much more convenient for me without having to carry around a lot of clutter. A lot of people might say, oh, well, that's what the iPad airs for. Um, that's true. Uh, but I, I just think that, you know, for, you know, for workflow purposes, if you use it for, you know, uh, word processing and, and that sort of thing, uh, from a portable, from a portable perspective, um, it, it's definitely comes in handy. So I like it that way. Um, yeah, they're saying in the chat room here, some, some magazines are beautiful on, on the iPad. Um, you know, like, like podcasting magazine, uh, I'd have to, uh, to say that uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Empire Mag is great out there, but yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll uh, we're, we're going to go out of order here, so you know, in case you know people don't know about uh, podcasting magazine, there, Drew. Uh, what uh, what can you tell them about it? Well, thanks for that plug and, and thanks for the opportunity. Um, yeah, so I, I saw an opportunity for um, magazine development on uh, for iOS and for Android. Um, Podcasting magazine is not available for Android as of yet, but um, here's, here's the thing. Uh, the opportunity in the publishing world um, to, it, a lot of that is in trouble. Magazines, uh, print magazines, print newspapers, um, that opportunity is, uh, you know, for major, major, major companies, but you know, declining um, revenue shows that, you know, that's an industry that's been in trouble for years. Whether or not journalism is in trouble, um, I don't know about that so much, you know, with the prevalence of blogging and that sort of thing. But when you get into monetization right away, if you've got a magazine application that resides on pretty much every device that's out there, whether it's an iPad or an iPhone or something like that, um, the ability to put a payment gateway um, there and democratize that that collection number one that's that's a huge huge opportunity for any blogger any person that's out there that wants to reach pretty much every device that's out there at all times people are carrying these things around on them in their pockets all around um and the fact that it's interactive i can i mean when was the last time you picked up a print magazine and turned to page seven to watch a video Never. Um, never. Mm. Right. And from a advertising perspective, if I went to a major advertiser, you know, maybe it's uh, Johnson and Johnson or, or, or somebody that's out there and went to their lead marketing department and said, Hey, can you, can you give me the average amount of time that people spend on page 11? And they'll won't be able to tell you how many people clicked on page 10 because they can't click on it. 
I can pull up my Google Analytics and show them exactly how much time people spent on page 10, how many people clicked on that advertisement, how many people watched the video, and for how long they watched the video, and whether or not they bought something. So right there, does that translate into the opportunity for advertising revenue? So I just, just covered two opportunities there. Um, that's from a business perspective for Podcasting Magazine, but just from the development, it's kind of fun to develop and, and feature other people, tell people what, uh, tell people about various podcasters and their shows and what, uh, you know, promote them, promote what they're doing because they're doing excellent work. Uh, so it's exciting. It's exciting to see the reach. It's, it's exciting to see people downloading the magazine, downloading the application all over the world and, you know, just connecting people. That's where I saw the opportunity. I, I've been always kind of curious about, uh, you know, programming, um, iOS, you know, if, if I had more time, you know, I, I'd love to kind of learn some of that stuff. Was it, was it, I mean, how, how'd you get into programming or like how, how tough is it to, to build an app or, you know, to just kind of learn on your own or how, how did that happen to you? Oh, am I the only one that heard that feedback? No, I had some feedback too, but, um, yeah, just to recap, Mike asked, you know, how, basically how I got into programming was difficult. Um, no, no, it wasn't. I mean, I, I've always been a tinker uh, over the years, ever since, you know, the first, my first Mac 512K came out, I've always been tinkering around. Uh, naturally, the languages have changed over the years and I've always kind of kept up and learned little snippets of code, tinkering, you know, just like you've learned medical jargon, it's the same process. You're learning that jargon as you go along, you're tinkering, you're trying. Now, the cool thing about it is there's a lot of different platforms that are out there. Um, some are drag and drop, just like WordPress or Squarespace or anything like that. You have to learn, you know, basically how to put your header in, how to make, you know, things slide from left to right, how to, you know, to, to embed video and that sort of thing. Um, that in of itself is not a completely difficult process, but, you know, there is a little bit of a learning curve. Um, but if you think about it, you know, that's the future. And the future is... Uh, being in that mobile space. I mean, almost every kid that you see walking around has an iPod or an iPhone or an Android device. They're playing in apps. You know, I saw a video the other day that uh, somebody was, some kid was trying to put in a cassette tape into a tape recorder and they couldn't figure it out. I'm like, this is crazy. You know, <laughs> my own kids, you know, they, they show they them an eight like track. <laughs> That, that was it. I, that we were we were in our basement. I had like all this old stuff down there. They they looked at they looked at a, a vinyl record. They looked at a cassette tape and they looked at an A track tape. And they said, "Dad, what's this?" And I said, "Well, this thing actually played music back in my day." <laughs> and then the, the follow up question was, "Dad, how many songs are on this A track tape?" <laughs> That's great. And I said, "This one." One. <laughs> My daughter laughed and she pulled out her iPod. She said, Dad, this holds 10,000 mm -hmm. songs. And she, she, you know, I have to say that, you know, it was just one of those moments where it was just entertaining. And I realized, you know, how old I've become and just the sign of the times have changed. Yeah. Oh, Mike, I think your I think your mic is completely down now. I, we can't hear you at all. So, <laughs> Mike, why don't you leave the room and come back in? Yeah, 
Probably going to have to do that. So we're going to have to pick up where, where Mike left off. Hey, I think this would be a fine opportunity to move into the next topic. What do you think, Drew? Yeah, sounds good. So, so go ahead. Why don't you take over that one? Oh, you're killing me. Am I doing am your, why don't you do your topic now? Oh yeah. Yeah. Actually, I think it is mine anyway. Yeah. Um, so, so until Mike comes back in, uh, what the, the next topic was actually my topic. And, and I, and I, I came across this story on, on Facebook. Someone had shared it and uh, I thought it was pretty interesting, uh, from a healthcare perspective. Um, the title of the story was the accidental cure for cancer potentially found as medical trials begin to test it on humans. Um, so every once in a while, there will be uh, some pretty profound uh, titles that come out, uh, headlines of stories. But this particular story, you know, caught my eye. And uh, as I started to read a little bit about it and reading some of the science behind it, um, I thought it to be pretty interesting and compelling um, and, and how this, this guy, uh, the gentleman's name is, he's actually from, I believe, Sydney, Australia, and he's a biochemist by the name of Philip Hogg, the man behind the revolutionary drug turning the battle against cancer on its head. And essentially what he's doing is he's messing around with proteins and arsenic on cancer, uh, cells. Um, so apparently the, uh, the prevalence of this is they're seeing some uh, positive results of this in, in test tubes and that type of thing. And, and they have even moved to human trials uh, or started to do it with, um, uh, with mice and saw some extraordinary results uh, in shrinking hard tumors in mice. Um, so I wanted to ask your opinion, you know, have you heard about this in the rounds in, in, in uh, traditional healthcare in the United States or has this news been, uh, you know, something that's been evolving for a while? This one's you, Mike. Can, can you hear me now? Yeah, we can hear you now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah Drew, I appreciate you bringing, bringing this up the other night. We, we just didn't have an opportunity to talk about it. And it's, it's interesting always reading about different type of cancer treatments, um, you know, what where they come from and what they do. And there's a lot of uh, cancer treatments out there that, that are potentially harmful um to like normal cells like the you know to you know you know for, for people who don't know i mean you know obviously you know you know cancer cells are bad uh, but sometimes you have to um you know treat these cells with very very strong uh medications and sometimes you know it um it kills the good cells or sometimes it gives people really bad side effects um but reading this article i mean it's just really interesting you know, how they come up with some of this stuff. And no, I, I did not hear about this. Uh, and that's why I wanted to, to kind of bring it up tonight. Um, and it, it's interesting how um, uh, not even, um, you know, chemicals like this, but also you know, treatment with different viruses or treatment with uh, different bacteria um, sometimes are used to uh, treat cancer. Sometimes they, you know, I, I even read things about, um, you know, brain cancer. They even like, you know, they put an injection of viruses or substances or bacteria in the brain uh, to kill cancer. Um, and it, it's kind of cool kind of reading some of this stuff, but, you know, I mean, obviously you feel bad for these patients who have this. Um, it's, 
sometimes there's no other way to than to treat with like oh it's arsenic i'm like oh really <laughs> yeah um uh, so, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's a really interesting article. I mean, it's, it, and it's really interesting, you know, talking about not only cancer treatments, but any, any, any kind of other treatments. Um, I'm Sean, did you, did you have any impressions uh, from, from this? I, I, I will be honest. I was very skeptical when I saw the, the article because, you know, as a, as a, as a green behind the ears provider now, you know, I'm, I'm very skeptical about articles that I read when it comes to the latest and greatest treatments on some of the most deadly of illnesses that we have been treating for decades unsuccessfully. So, but this one kind of caught my attention because of the way in which it's attempting to cure or, you know, I don't want to say kill cancer, but sure, kill cancer. Um, this is the first of that I've heard of where it's actually trying to target the way the cancer cell I guess the best term to use is eats, you know, the way it, the way it consumes glucose, those kind of things. Um, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what findings or what, how the humans do, because uh, the very little that maybe everybody knows out there about um, testing something in a lab and testing something in a test tube never goes the same way as testing it on a live human being or even an animal. So um, like Mike said, the, the, while it may do the job, it, it may very well, quote unquote, cure cancer, but it may very well also kill the test subject. So if that happens, then, I mean, I wouldn't say that's a, a success story there. So it'll be, I'm, I'm going to have to follow this one. So, yeah, I think that's the, that's the whole point of it was, you know, occasionally, you know, I, I don't. I don't claim to, and I'm not a practitioner at, at all. But you know, just playing in that space or being involved in that space for so many years, it's such a prevalence. I mean, it's it just you know, it's everywhere. And maybe it's just a natural uh, reaction that the human race goes through to whatever our external, um, you know, exposure is or internal exposure is to various products. Uh, environments, uh, combination of a whole bunch of different things. Um, and throughout history, you know, there's been, you know, discoveries of various treatments, you know, Lister, of course, and and whatever. Uh, this did catch my eye. You know, it, it caught my eye and just kind of gives me that big, you know, maybe I will pay attention to this and kind of see how this develops. Um, the one thing that it did provide is, you know, some hope some hope that, hey, maybe people really are working on some pretty cool stuff here. Let's keep an eye on that. And, you know, the question that, you know, really comes to mind is what if, what if this person, or at least this step in the process to finding a, a, a natural or unnatural treatment to this type of stuff really prolongs our lives. What's next? Do we live to 120, 130, 140 years old? Um, and should we really be messing around this type of space anyway? Um, uh, but nonetheless, I, I would think and probably say that, you know, a good number of people, probably all of them that have cancer are probably saying, you know, I'd rather live, um, you know, another day than, than actually just give up. So we'll see. Yeah. I was kind of curious and, and, uh, even open up to the chat room too, as far as, <clears throat> I mean, uh, how, how, uh, 
uh, Drew, how, how did you find this article, or, or like how to, how did you, uh, you know, maybe even even the Sean too? How you, how do you guys kind of consume news? Um, for me, again, I I go to like Google News, and and uh, sometimes I share links on my Twitter or Facebook, um, just on technology and medicine type of things. Um, how do you guys kind of consume your media, or or you know, come up with stories like this? Uh, I'm I'm in transition. The the way I used to is I don't <laughs> I'm not consuming it the way I used to. So I'm trying to find a more effective way because I would spend a little bit too much time um, trying to consume a proper amount of news. So I'm finding other sites that collate and curate it at a at a better rate than I do. So um, my medical news, if we're talking about medical news, is probably from the journals that I subscribe to. So, you know, I stick to my area of, of interest and specialty, which is in the critical care world. So, um, but absolutely this particular article applies to my job in every way. How about you? Drew? Yeah, similar I mean, Google alerts. And, and typically I'll, I'll follow uh, some pretty uh, well-respected groups, Facebook groups that, have a lot of medical professionals in there, uh, specifically in the wound care area. And sometimes when I actually click on that story, it's funny how that Facebook algorithm works. You know, they'll show related stories and that sort of thing. And um, for some reason, this showed up several times. And that's typically, all right, at least I'll clickbait, maybe go in and check that out. Um, another similar story was some kid found some type of polymer. Um, and I, I, I think I shared that recently as well, but this polymer that uh, he, he developed, I think from, from seaweed or something like that, that helps uh, in coagulation. And I thought that was like amazing. So somehow this, the, the advances are, are continue to come out. Uh, I think he's like some, I don't know, like 18 or 19 years old when he first started to think about the idea. Uh, I, I don't want to speculate here, but uh, you know, some of the stories at least, raise an eyebrow for me to listen to and, and kind of see how the advances are. Um, you know, when you, when you hear stories like that, where, you know, a medication or a treatment can help stop uh, aggressive bleeding, you know, the first thing you're thinking about is, you know, our servicemen who are, you know, fighting wars and whatnot, they, uh, they, they get a, a potentially life-threatening, uh, you know, injury or something like that. And then a medic in the field can handle, uh, that that treatment pretty aggressively and and stop the stop the bleeding from occurring by simply applying you know uh, a, a swatch of this medication or this you know this gel mm -hmm. um, and you just think you know, wow the advancements in some of these things until a surgeon can get in there and do and work on the internal organs and that sort of thing is 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 pretty pretty cool to see that kind of stuff happening right before our eyes just as we were talking about technology earlier you know evolving tech we're also seeing that in in healthcare as well and that's pretty exciting yeah we actually have a uh we have a, a guest over on the right hand side that would probably love to talk a lot about that um polymer that uh, i'm curious as to whether or not they're actually utilizing it i i only read i think maybe one article maybe a second article it kind of i think it came across my facebook feed as well and i found it interesting but i never followed up on it um, but I'd be curious to see the applications to that, you know, in the pre-hospital, um, world, as well as anything in the military. Um, I would imagine that 
anyone that has any kind of money to provide would be throwing money towards this particular endeavor to even just to see what kind of applications it would have. So. Yeah, it's exciting. So now I, I think it's uh, time to transition to, uh, to our topic three. And uh, so Sean, what do you have for us here uh, tonight? So uh, I thought that we would talk a little bit about an uh, old topic um, way back during the early years of the internet, way back before Twitter. Um, we had blogs or we had long form blogging and the way that other bloggers would communicate with each other would be through what was called a blog carnival. Um, and for those of us who are nurses who were around back during the early years of blogging, there was a very popular nursing blog called uh, The Change of Shift, ran by a um, wonderful um, ER nurse uh, for, I think she had it going on seven years. And I, if I'm not mistaken, I think that's where I met every single one of you um, was at least in some way, shape, or form from that particular um, effort. Um, she retired the blog carnival a number of years ago because of a lack of interest. Um, <clears throat> and I've decided that I'm uh, re reviving it. I actually have uh, started it on my own, and it's a it's in transition. It's kind of a fluid movement right now, but ultimately it's going to be a platform for every generation of nurse to meet, greet, and speak with other generations of nurses. Um, I think it's now become a misnomer when it comes to the you know, blog carnival because uh, many of us out there don't really use blogs, at least the way that we used to use them. Um, most, <laughs> most blogs are mini blogs now or they're update statuses. So um, I'm in I'm trying to utilize every form of social media out there, thanks in part to uh, a wonderful suggestion by our wonderful host here, um, to utilize other resources other than just other than blogs. So, you know, funny status update messages, Instagram, Vine, Facebook, Twitter, anything that um, nurses can relate to. Uh, I think I'm going to focus on nurses to start with and then maybe branch out. Um, I have a blog, a podcast that I've started on my own. That's very rudimentary at this point. And from what I've learned over the past weekend, it's considered a mini podcast. Um, I'm thinking of developing the change of shift into either a podcast or utilize this particular medium blab here to, um, talk about the change of shift to utilize that moniker to uh, recruit and talk with just as many nurses as possible. I think the generation gap between the old school nurse like myself and the new school nurses who are, you know, only been at this game for a year or two or who are nursing students, um, a way of bridging the gap. Um, I feel very strongly about squashing the horrible, um, <laughs> Uh, the horrible uh, notion of nurses eating their young. I absolutely hate that with a passion. And it's m I've made it my goal as a nurse, as a professional, now as a nurse practitioner to try and um, eliminate that, that concept altogether. 
So this is one way that I'm trying to do that. That was a long-winded version, wasn't it? No, no. I think I think what you're doing there, Sean, I mean, and and you know, people don't know. I mean, you know, Sean's definitely a leader in this in this space, and 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 I like how you how you bring up these provocative questions on social media. Um, because you know, I hear people talking about like you know, like down the hall or like whispering and you know stuff stuff that you know we we should be talking more about in medicine. Um, you know, this whole eating your young, like you know, the, the more the more experienced nurses really kind of I don't I don't, I don't know if what kind of word to say, but you know, um, you know, really going after the newer nurses, the younger nurses, and there's other topics as far as leadership development, uh, being an advocate. All that type of stuff, um, all that type of stuff, I, I think needs to be needs to be talked about more. Um, in addition, just to traditional medical topics like patient education and and hot topics in medicine and that type of thing, and and uh, that's something that you, that you do really well. Oh well, thank you. I, I I I was every nurse has been a new nurse, and I got to experience both the good and the bad as a new nurse. I got to experience the bullying atmosphere where the older nurses told you what to do and you either listened or you were wrong. And then I got to work in an environment where it was collegial and it was collaborative. I I still remember to this day, I'd only been working as a nurse for two years and I'm working in a level one trauma unit and a trauma surgeon who has been doing that job for 20 plus years was sitting side by side with me asking for my opinion on how to care for his patient that was in the ICU. And that was the realization to me that no matter how little or how much experience you have, the the concept of team dynamics matters at every level. And I, I refuse to believe that a six month nurse doesn't have something valuable to say that a six year nurse can say. So, and I've gotten a, a wonderful perspective being able to walk over the line from being a bedside nurse to now being a nurse practitioner where I get to visit the world of being um, as close to a physician as I can get without going to medical school. Um, treading lightly, Mike, treading lightly. <laughs> but, uh, uh, understanding both roles, at least to the best that anyone could. And um, there's there's a lot we're missing. So I'm making it my goal to try and fix that. Um, and, and Drew, you and I met way back at, at PodCamp. PodCamp! PodCamp forever. <laughs> and uh, we, we, you know, actually all of us have seen this kind of just change in in social media, you know, this this long form blogging and short form blogging and using video and using audio. And um, I think something we can all agree on is that, you know, and, as a as, as a as a profession, I think medicine you know, needs to be out there more, you know, um, starting discussions, continuing discussions. But but I think that Drew is gone. Yeah, your Drew froze. I think he. Uh, uh, Drew, Drew didn't like my question. I think it's. I think. I think. I think that's what happened. Um, but uh, but yeah. I mean, yeah. We 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 we've talked about this before, Sean. Just this long form blogging and short form blogging, and and uh, I used to write a lot, lot, lot more. Um, I don't even write a lot now. Um, and uh, we, we've talked about the changes in the, in the past few years as far as. 
Um, oh, why? Oh, let's see. I, I was locking the seats down, so I if if Drew was trying to come back in, we were <laughs> I was going to let him back in here. Oh, I didn't um, see him come back there. Yeah, I didn't see him come back. He's, he was having some internet problems last uh, last last few times. Yeah. Um, so, um, well, may, maybe Sean, you could talk a little bit about you know d- d- just the change of shift uh, uh, in, in general, just just your issue uh, this week. Uh, I did see you got a lot of uh, uh, some good contributions there. Is, is this something that you're going to be doing every month, or yeah? So I'm going to start it monthly because it it is a it's a it's a bit arduous to uh, it's one thing to find the links and find the great content, but it's another thing altogether. Like you talk about is actually creating the blog post in the long form and making it, you know, make sense and having it at least worse the read because the, the current generation doesn't have the attention span that the old generation used to have. So you have to put it into bite-sized pizzas and um, pizzas, pizzas, pieces. I'm hungry now. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this particular, the first issue was just to get it out there. I, basically picked all of the blogs and or media out there that just crosses my stream um, that I follow on a regular basis. Everything from the seasoned nurses who have been doing this for years to uh, there's a nurse blogger out there that I think just started a blog like a week ago and I posted some of her content as well. So it's just another way of me trying to bridge that gap is that, you know, I'm a firm believer in that anyone in healthcare once again, my preference is nurses. Anyone in healthcare should blog in some way, shape, or form, whether it's a mini blog or long form blog. You need to blog because it's a way of just sharing your information as well as, I mean, you get to actually hone your communication skills more than anything else. Um, I'm hoping to, you know, have it grow, um, getting it out there right now just to see what the interest is. I haven't gotten a lot of feedback on it yet. I mean, it's just brand new. I think it just came out last week. Um, I'm recruiting others to contribute. Um, Others meaning that there's a particular someone who's been watching us who uh, is a seasoned blocker who has been on hiatus for a while, um, trying to recruit her to start writing some content. it seems that a lot of the nurses out there, at least the feedback I've been getting is they like the bite size information. They don't like the long form. Like I said, I don't think they have the attention span that we used to have. Um, these podcasts that I've been doing, I've gotten a lot of positive feedback on and, and my podcasts are nothing to, nothing to brag about. I, I sit on my, my iPhone in my car and I talk about a topic, you know, for five, 10 minutes. And it's amazing how much people appreciate something that short and that uh, succinct. So it's it's a work in progress, Mike. I think I think Drew's uh, uh, coming back in here, which is cool yeah. because we're gonna we're gonna close we're gonna start to start to close up the show here a little bit. Yeah, your your mic's do your mic's doing it again, Mike. Oh. Um. <laughs> I'm next, apparently, because, you know, Mike has had a problem. Drew's had a problem. Can you hear me now? So, yeah, it's still, it's still raspy, Mike, still raspy. It's amazing how my, my little headset here hasn't had any problems like Mike has. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, can you hear me? Yeah. All right, cool. Oh, yeah, I can hear you. There you go. There we go. 
Yeah, uh, for some, um, yeah, my MacBook is on its last little bit with its battery, so I apologize. I didn't realize it, and then it just cut out on me. Um, How about sorry, now? I'm, Can you hear me now? Yeah, you sound Yeah, better. you're back, Mike. You're good. All right. Um, so, yeah, so just let everybody know, we're, we're going to have a little after show after this, but we're going to start to close things up now, And uh, um, but... Uh, uh, so, so as we kind of close things up, uh, let me see if there's anything else on, on my list here. Because we're, we're, we're on a tight ship here, kids. Uh, <laughs> um, but, you know, I, uh, I want to thank everybody who, who joined us, either live or who are watching us afterward. Um, I'm going to put up the video on my site, drmaxville.com. Also, you can also follow me on Twitter. Um, and, uh, and Drew, so uh, we welcome that, that you're back. Uh, you did talk a little bit about podcasting uh, magazine. Uh, where else can people find you uh, on the internet? And, and talk about the blabs you're, you're going to be doing here uh, on Blab. Yeah, sure. Thanks for that, too. Um, so I, I figured to kind of co- combine a lot of the different varied interests, I started a, a new website called Blabbing Over Coffee. Um, I enjoy coffee but that's not what the blab is about it's really just you know people getting together having you know a cup of coffee tea or other choice beverage um you know i won't ask them what's in the cup um and, and rather just get it, just jumping on and talking about various topics so yeah blabbing over coffee.com just launched yesterday so please pardon the uh the appearance of it it's, it's a work in progress but anyway it's really just a, a way for me to to start podcasting a lot more through blab uh so you can find me over at podcastingmag.com uh download the magazine if you don't mind podcastingmag.com forward slash itunes you can follow me right here on twitter at drew m griffin so and uh, you, you got a facebook page for podcasting magazine too is that right yeah facebook.com forward slash podcasting magazine cool cool and sean where, where can people find you all over this great internet of ours I'm on every social media platform known to man, ironically. So, but um, the easiest way to find me is just to Google SeanDent.com. Uh, I have a landing page there, and um, I'm mostly on Facebook and Twitter these days. And I have become a um, a bit of an I'm abusing Instagram these days. So, um, when I'm not <laughs> when I'm not talking about nursing, um, it's usually my other passion, which is um, you know, Olympic weightlifting and CrossFit. So, yeah, we got to get to that one of these shows. Um, but uh, I do want to ask you about hashtag Ask the NP. What? Oh yes, yes. I um, I honestly do not remember how it came about, but I wanted to collate all of the uh, you know, pearls of wisdom, the the nuggets of wisdom that I have. I keep giving to these nurses, new nurses and things of that nature. And I, I don't, I wish I could remember why, but it was a wonderful stroke of luck that I started the hashtag ask the NP and um, you can go to Twitter and just find the hashtag. And all it is, is just um, pearls of wisdom for nurses. And it's just, there's no, it's completely random at this point. Um, I'm actually utilizing old blog posts of things that I've suggested in the past. Was that real? That was real. Oh my! Excuse, excuse me for a minute. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> can't. I really thought that was a sound effect. Man. I thought maybe Mike put that in I as a sound. That effect. was a soundboard. That's like a, wow, real. 
Yeah. Um, I was going to end. Music. I was going to end the show, but we have to wait. You know, wait to see. Yeah, I, I mean, but you could. You could probably end it on that note, though. Yeah. No. 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 <laughs> wait to see. Get the update on that. Um, so, yeah, so, we, so you're you're repurposing old content. Is that what you're saying? I am, and I and I think I either have you or um, our other fellow bloggers to thank for that. Is that? Um, I've been, you and I have been doing this for, uh, bordering on 10 years. Um, and all the stuff that I thought was already talked about that we talked about five, six, seven, eight, nine years ago, the current generation hasn't heard about. So I'm basically, I'm, I'm repurposing everything that I've talked about from the beginning because everything that I've learned way back 10 years ago when I started this, I want the newer the nurses that are currently experiencing that to benefit from, you know, anything that I may have learned at that time. So and it's, it's the amount of positive feedback has been amazing. Uh, the one of the ask the NP hashtags and it was just a random one. I think it got retweeted like 20 times. That's awesome. And it was just, it was amazing that that many people, you know, connected with that. So, and I get a lot of feedback on Twitter as well as the, uh, the, uh, Facebook fan page that I have. So, uh, Drew, is everybody okay? Yeah. What, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. Everybody is okay, but it was kind of crazy. Just the, uh, the casing over the light, uh, above her, um, I guess the, um, I guess in the dining area, just, just fell. It was oh, wow. strange. It just exploded all over the floor. Unfortunately, um, nobody was nobody was yeah. that thing. Well, that's good. That's good. <laughs> um, all right. So, uh, you, you got you guys got anything else before I uh, hit stop here? And uh, we will go into our after show. Everybody still hang out, hang out for the after show. And we do want Emily to call in. So, we'll just wait till the Oh, yeah. Show. Emily Emily has to uh, call in. Yeah. Uh, it was and, a smashing and, success. There you go. There you go. You guys got anything else? So, uh... No, I, I guess I want to ask the question. You stuck to a format. Oh, no. We'll, How we'll, many? Let, t- yeah, let, let's uh, look. We'll do that after yeah, work. Yeah, we'll All right. You're gonna, you're gonna so uh, thank you for joining us on the roundtable. Uh, just uh, keep us uh, in mind on Blab here. I'm going to hit uh, stop, and then we'll, we'll go into our after show here. So here we go. Bye, everybody.